All right, welcome everybody to Lit and Lucid Podcast. We're here recording live from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we're here with special guest Tristan Watkins. Uh, he is a PhD neuroscientist, uh, the CSO of Lucid Mood. And we're going to be talking him, to him today about his background, uh, kind of how neuroscience led to cannabis and some other fun things. Uh, Lucid Mood was started three years ago, and what they do is they're like uh, vape pens, essentially. Um, and they're a balance of CBD and THC, delivering a clear, sociable, functional high uh, with the botanical extracts to control the effect. So they're actually pulling out the terpenes um, and creating different effects with these pens. They started with a couple, uh, Energy, Bliss, Focus, Party, and Chill are some of the names of their Lucid Mood pens. And I'm sure Tristan will do a better job of explaining exactly what these are <laughs> in a much more scientific manner. Uh, so we're going to let him go into that for sure, uh, but we'll get started. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, this for sure. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm probably going to flip-flop between addressing the audience and addressing the two people in front of me. So <laughs> I don't get too confusing there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess a little bit about my, my background, uh, you know, I, you know, Back in the undergrad day, I had this, I was all gung-ho about doing pre-med because I thought that was a way to make a pretty direct impact on, you know, this, the community, your, you know, society, people's health, things like that. Um, as I went through that, I found out that it just probably wasn't the best fit for me for a variety of reasons. Um, and in that time, I took my first, uh, it was a cognitive neuroscience class. So I didn't even start with like Psych 101, it was a split between how the brain makes cognition work, right? Um, and it was just like this effortless, pure excitement that I hadn't really experienced outside of like music before in my life. So, you know, I'd taken bio and chem and it was like fun and great to nerd out, but nerd out with. But the idea of starting to learn about the brain and, you know, first learning about how little we even understand about it and how much there is to learn about it, which is super exciting, right? It just, it's, concept of like a whole new world to explore um, and really still to this day endless avenues to, to keep learning about the brain uh, so I really just kind of like dove into that and I want to see essentially why people do what they do or make some click uh, so you know I, my first research stint was actually you know still in cognition I was looking at how people learn uh, what memory capacities are how people get distracted and how to kind of prevent that and it was pretty interesting uh, but I learned that it was more interesting to learn about that than to study that. Uh, when it comes to that type of research, it wasn't as engaging. And around that time, I started doing a joint research project uh, with, a, with a psychiatrist. Uh, wow, I'm about to name job. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, a psychiatrist named uh, Dr. Ronald Cowan. Uh, he, at the time, was doing addiction research and a little bit of research on MDMA as well. So kind of combining how addiction and drug use um, can cause these long-term long changes in the brain. Mm -hmm. And that really like just back to, you know, back to the first time I started learning about the brain, right? I was super excited about this. Um, realized that, you know, a lot of people do drugs, right? There's, <laughs> put it on the table, a lot of people do drugs. How's it really affecting them? Let's get to the facts rather than kind of the rhetoric around it. Uh, so I started by seeing how MDMA changes your brain discovered a few interesting things, um, positive and negative, really. Uh, and really what I, and then 
you know, started looking at how this drug use really mapped onto addiction. Uh, so as you are beginning to pick up, I kind of skip around places, right? Logical next steps, but I haven't stuck in one thing for more than like two or three years. Um, so while I'm doing this MDMA research and I'm in a very much addiction center, we realized that, oh, it's important. So I, I went to Vanderbilt, so I'm in the South. Yeah, I'm wondering where you went to school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. Cool. So we're in the South, the cap, like the highest obesity rate in yeah. the country. We're talking um, 30 to 35% uh, obese rate, almost wow. 50% uh, overweight rate. And so it was pretty high prevalence and recognized that, all right, what people do more than do drugs is eat really unhealthy food. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is the brain kind of perceives drug use and high calorie foods, specifically like high sugar, high fat foods in a really similar way, mm -hmm. especially if the individuals are already obese. So then I started mapping this whole, all right, how is it that like obesity and diet and all these things affect addiction and like what's going on or lining in the brain? And that's really essentially when I sort of learned that what I really care about is how do how is it that people's actions or what they ingest um, actually influences the brain and then their future decisions and their future actions, right? Um, and so that's, that essentially takes up to my academia, true academia experience when I was still super gung-ho. So I'm doing all this research, uh, you know, some gut-brain interaction, looking at inflammation. And at one point, I really get heavy into inflammation and how that starts perceiving the brain. And that's when, essentially, you start hearing stories about not only THC, but CBD as well. It's having these really strong anti-inflammatory properties. So that's where I was like, hey, what's going on with cannabis? Like, it just got legalized in Colorado a couple of years ago for full rec. Let's start just looking at it, right? And that leads you to a few things. And before I just immediately jump into this, I don't know if you guys want to, like, redirect me. <laughs> no, you're just fine. Keep talking. We're listening. It's great. All right, cool. So, yeah, I'll just keep going then. Um, yeah, so essentially... I started looking at cannabis beyond just something that gets you high, right? Uh, you start learning, you know, you hear all these wonderful stories, all these anecdotal reports like cannabis is helping people with sleep, but it's also helping them with focus, and then it's helping them to help relax, but it also might be good for certain types of cancer, and it's good for, like, there's all these things, and everyone's focus is on THC. There's a little bit of discussion on CBD, but it doesn't make sense, right? Like, THC... As a, there isn't like really a single compound that's just one drug that has all these con like opposing effects, mm -hmm. right? There has to be something more to it. Right. So that's really, so, you know, while I'm writing my dissertation, I'm also, I, I know that I'm leaving academia, right? So while, while I'm doing my dissertation, I'm also doing my own like personal research study, which is what the hell's in cannabis? Why are all these effects happening? Like, and once we isolate, once we identify them, what can we do about it, right? Um, so I wrap up my dissertation. I, you know, I'm very happy with what I've done. Right, I'll happily put the little check mark or star next to <laughs> what I've done. But I like immediately dart out to Colorado, Boulder specifically, and start start seeking out cannabis uh, companies. I immediately, you know, I I'm looking at. Uh, oh, I'm missing a, a stage though. So now, so you know, I learn about. I, I start learning that. The, the primary thing that I, that I first key in on is this anxiolytic effect of, of THC. But it's con contrasted by the, all the reports of like 
you know, the, the stoner fear, the paranoia, like people getting socially awkward. So it's confusing how it can be anxiolytic and then have, so again, what, what is it? And what's really important with this is if THC could be a really good anxiolytic, it could be used to sort of curtail this upcoming benzodiazepine crisis that, no, that I personally think is happening and kind of being overlooked because of the opioid crisis, which at this point is really look at what unchecked massive pharmaceutical use yeah. could be, right? Um, not to get too political about it by any means. I don't think many people would argue with that statement though. Um, so, you know, I, you know, we see opiates, what's happening opiates, but I see, you know, this benzo thing, like at least we can maybe start creating something that can prevent something, right? right. We, there's already a lot of work to do on the opioid side. Um, so that's where this whole like passion project came in. It was, all right, well, what strain, you know, I started with what strain might be the best for helping with anxiety or helping with sleep so that people don't have to take a Xanax every time they feel stressed or an Ambien every single night to go to sleep, right? Like these are not great things for your body. And most people don't recognize this. And, you know, I, I wanted the idea of creating something that gave people an option, right? You can try this instead. Maybe you can, maybe the best thing is they flip flop back around, but at least they're, they don't have the one choice, right? So, you know, this concept is what led me to move out to Boulder. Uh, it was actually, I was looking at any of the, you know, Colorado, Seattle, uh, yeah, Seattle or Washington, I should say, and California. I was looking at all of them. Colorado's the best state, there, right? So of course, of course, <laughs> so I, gotcha. of yeah, course I chose. Why did you pick yeah, Boulder over Cali's more specifically? Oh, okay. So uh, I blizzard all through. So at the time, my partner I'm still with, um, she was actually doing her clerkship in Alaska for about a year and a half. While I was visiting grad school, and we just. We spoke about a lot about like what are our options of where we're going to end up moving, and whoever got a job somewhere first oh, uh, nice. is really where we where went. But we had visited all three during our long distance. Mm -hmm. We went to all three, and you know, kind of quickly nixed Washington. <laughs> it just like we we went there. It, okay, I'm going to derail all the time. You guys are going to have to keep me. But like, so so we went there, and actually, like you know, the stereotype is that it's always dark and yeah. gloomy and rainy and, yeah. and whatnot. This was a totally different experience. It was like 30 degrees as a high the whole time, but it was perfectly clear skies and sunny. <laughs> and it was so confusing because everyone's like complaining cold. about how cold it is. Like, but aren't you guys normally like completely devoid of sunlight? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so, you know, we recognize that our experience is actually much more positive than typical. Uh -huh. And that uh, was still like not even close to when we had visited Denver <laughs> yeah. or when we had visited parts of California. So it really became down, down to those two. But she got her dream job in Boulder as well nice. and I so you know I came out and visited Boulder after we had visited Denver and I was like okay this place is great and then I remember what, that when I was like 14 I had a good friend move out here and I was out in Boulder and even at like 14 years old there was this like weird connection yeah. that I felt like this place makes me feel comfortable and at ease awesome. and it like came back as soon as I got out here right um so all that being said, came out to Boulder <laughs> and started uh, seeking out uh, cannabis companies. I started at some of the larger ones, no need to name drop, but you know, started at the larger ones with this concept. Like, hey, I think that if we start breaking down the plant and reforming it, we can make designer highs, is what I was calling it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be really interesting to people. 
Um, it was more interesting to me than anyone else that I'd spoken that, that I spoke with in that time. Uh, so I didn't get a lot of good hits. I had actually given up. At, like I was like, all right, cannabis industry isn't for me. No one's biting. I don't have the capacity to start my own business. I would have failed so quickly. Um, so I gave up, but then like a month later ago, it happens and I stumble upon Lucid Mood. I actually stumble upon, so the CEO, Charles Jones, I stumble upon his other side project. And I was like, okay, well, I kind of just, at this point, I'm gonna just flippantly send an email to him. Like, hey, you're doing some cool stuff. I think Lucid Mood's pretty cool. Any chance you want a PhD in neuroscientist to come in and like, you know, at the very least, show that the formulas that you have out work, but you know, make more yeah. and, and you know a little bit more refined ones and keep in mind you know three months of if you, anyone's been job searching in the last like two years you might as well send emails to yourself right, right? like yeah, nothing nothing ever. happens <laughs> so i send this out through lucid moods like contact us oh, page and get a response in 10 minutes from oh. charles and he's like send me your resume and then we'll see and i like, mm. sent him the resume then the very next day we're meeting uh, for coffee at like Panera Bread of all places, right? And we're like chatting and I like show up and I'm like, hey, here's some like studies that we can, some proof of concept studies that we can do for this mood, this mood, here's some ideas that I had. And within like 10 minutes, like, okay, hold on. I didn't realize we we're gonna get this far. Let's sign in yays and let's talk. He's like, and, I forgot my fire suit at home. Yeah, yeah. My fire, man. So it's Saturday and then Monday I'm like at the meeting all hands stack meeting, like chatting with people, being introduced, and it just kind of goes from there. It was like an immediate match. Like we were immediately, yeah, right on the same wavelength right away, and it just built right, like immediately just jumped in. Cool. Um, so it worked out really well, and then it turned out that we, not only did we see eye to eye from like the nerdy science point on let's break down the plant and reform it, but you know, where I was coming at it from the, the benzodiazepine concern, he was coming at it from the, the opioid concern as well. And it just seems, you know, and then it became clear like, okay, cannabis really is this sort of like toolkit of compounds that if you break them down, they can have these different effects. And why not isolate them and maximize these effects so that people have options? And they have options within the cannabis spectrum. They have options with the entire compounds, you know, all pharmaceutical spectrum as well. And it gives them a little bit more control over their health as well. Yeah. And you're right, that's just kind of like why we do it, right? So we have our, med our more medicinal line that really gives people a little bit more control over their own health. Um, and then we have our, our lifestyle or fun play line type thing that gives people more control over their own recreational experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't you explain kind of what these pens are for people that don't know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, the, the commonality across all of them is that we actually found that if you do a one-to-one -one THC to CBD ratio, um, CBD being the other most prominent cannabinoid that can be found in cannabis, and it's you know what people would regularly refer to as coming from hemp, um, we found that if you balance these cannabinoids that you can still get the high without some of the lows that people either dislike or have come to get used to. So some of these lows I'm saying really side effects or unintended effects. So like things like lethargy, the social awkwardness, the paranoia that we've already talked about. Um, or some other ones like even munchies, like mm -hmm. severe cognitive dissociation where you just 
kind of forget how to make full sentences, right? <laughs> These things happen, and sometimes that's exactly what people are going for. Mm -hmm. But it's there's plenty of people that are like, okay, I want just enough to not get there, right? And it's like this balancing act, or that might not be the best metaphor, right? You're mm -hmm. like towing the line, trying to find that perfect thing. Yeah. So we found that that balance was a great base. And one of the key things to that base is because it, you know, it still delivers the high, but it's much more controlled, it allows you to pull out other interesting effects. So if it was just a pure THC, no CBD, and we try to do these terpene modulations, you'd experience, but THC is a really strong drug, right? So at the end of the day, like that high is still gonna be very strong and potentially overwhelming and make these different effects a little bit more subtle in the way that, you know, your super lemon haze versus Durban poison, they actually have very different terpene profiles, but at the end of the day, the high THC concentration makes them more nuanced effects rather right. than like clear different effects. Yeah, for sure. So that's why we have our base of our one-to-one. -one. It's our it's our balanced base, if you will. And then what's interesting is, so the CBD comes in as a pure isolate, so 99.9% .9 or higher, so just CBD. And then our THC we use as a distillate. So distillate is you know in the range of 80 to 90% purity, and what's important is they re is you what we call fraction, but we essentially remove all of the terpenes from the THC. So we're really starting with two pretty pure, just two compounds, and then we essentially source all natural and organic terpenes. Again, they're steam distilled, they're at 99.9% .9 purity. Again, so these individual terpenes, um, terpenes being you know, you know these like aromatic compounds that give weed its smell. So I mentioned like super lemon haze. Everyone knows it's lemony. Generally, it's a little bit, it's on that, you know, I'm doing air quotes, um, that like sativa side. So, you know, it's a little bit more uplifting, engaging, things like that. Well, that lemony smell and aroma and effects is strongly produced by the limonene that's in it, this individual terpene. So we would source, you know, purified organic limonene specifically, or, you know, a nice contrasting terpene example would be linalol. So your indica and like a granddaddy purple, right? It has that like lavender aroma to it, right? Mm -hmm. That's the linalol that's in there. So we just source just that, right? And now we kind of start with this toolkit that I've mentioned that you can find in cannabis already, but instead of it all being thrown together, it's like a little tackle box, right? You can just pull out the one thing that you need and leave everything behind for mm -hmm. those formulations. So we have our one-on-one -on -one base, and then for like energy, we put in terpenes that have been shown, or our research has shown that, you know, they are, in, it helps you be more engaged or motivated or social, this, you know, the, the upper aspect of, of what you would get from cannabis. And then, you know, the exact opposite spectrum, something like sleep, right? And I can get really in depth about like where I came from sleep. This may be a bad example to give, but like, you know, all compounds that are, that help with like the lethargy, the sedation, um, and more importantly, the anxiety, right? Um, I don't, I don't know if, oh, forget it. I'll, I'll just jump into it. So like, you know, with sleep, an interesting take that we, uh, uh, not take, but our process with creating sleep was not just thinking of, okay, how do you fall asleep? You become sedated and go to sleep. But what's preventing people from falling asleep, right? And if you dig into the literature, it becomes very obvious that the most common mechanism that's preventing sleep or contributing to insomnia, is actually anxiety. Right, so people can be really tired in bed, but their brain's still spinning. They're thinking about what they didn't accomplish, what they need to. So our our, our viewpoint isn't just let's just it wasn't just let's jump to the effects we want. 
but also let's take a couple steps back and see if we can help kind of break down some of those barriers to your intended goal. So sleep isn't just about sedating and making you sleepy. It's actually about calming your brain as well, helping with the anxiety, helping you kind of shut down and say like, yeah, it's time to sleep and I'll pick everything up in the morning, right? Um, so, you know, we kind of take a different, a slightly different approach than, than um, I don't know, a lot of other products, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, I don't feel like there's that many products like this on the market right now, really. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've seen a few. Um, but not to like this necessarily to this level. Not to this you know, I've definitely level. seen ones marketed like this well. Right. And right. I mean, you know, 30 milligrams of THC taken orally is going to make you oh, sleep. Right. Healthy. It's going to be done. It, it, like, there's no doubting this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So like they're not lying, right? But we're trying to find something a little bit more gentle, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. I do see a lot of people wanting these in the dispensary. So I've been doing pop-ups lately and for a completely different company, but literally people are coming in there. A lot of older people are coming in for the Lucid Mood because I think it's a much more controlled high. Really? Yeah. And they're not getting those unexpected, you know, consequences that's, from smoking a joint. That's awesome. Yeah. I love so I've really that. seen yeah. that a lot. For yeah. Sure. And that's, that kind of hits our demographic too. Like, you know, we think Lucid Mood can be enjoyed by all, but at the end of the day, you think of, you know, there's the group of people that have been using cannabis for a while and they're like, use those side effects, either like them or don't care or whatever. Right. And it's not like, and cannabis isn't scary, right? Yeah. They're, they'll totally go in and get the latest, greatest, coolest product, right? Like right. I have a whole suite of live rosin in my fridge, right? right? I absolutely love this stuff. But then there's the other group demographic that's like, okay, I, f I believe that cannabis is not like the devil's lettuce, right? right? It's not going to kill me, yeah. but I still know that it has these negative effects, yeah, right? I tried it once, it wasn't my thing. Right. So we want to hit that, like, how do we make it mainstream? How do we make it to where the, 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 the person that's on the fence, the ambivalent mm -hmm. individual, the, the, the ambivalent cannabis user is finally like, oh, this is great. This yeah. is exactly what I want and none of those other things. Well, you're controlling right? the high so much better with these products. Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the goal. It delivers pretty low dose as well. Yeah, it's pretty chill for sure. Yeah, we don't we don't market it as like micro dose, but at the end of the day, it is, it, it is dosed out, right? There's a timer on it. If you go into the five-second timer, it delivers about 1.25 milligrams of THC, the same amount of CBD, nice. right? And about a fifth of that on the terpene level. But again, like that's not very much, no. right? Especially when it's count when it's you know with the CBD as well. So people can walk in a tourist, you know, you're plenty of right. people come in Colorado to try cannabis mm -hmm. for the first time. Right. It's a nice entryway, right? Absolutely. Um, it's like stepping stone almost. Totally. Yeah. I think it's where it's the, the industry's gonna go in the future. Me too. Um, I mean, I, the biggest thing I talk to anybody, and you know, the conversation gets started, and it's like, well, what's next for the industry? And the top of everybody's list is education. It's because, for one, now this is a consumer industry. Um, doctors don't even know what the hell's going on. I mean, PhD, you guys are still learning. Yeah. So how do you, can you really expect consumers to know and have accurate information? You don't. Exactly. And so now it's up to companies to take these consumers and you know build a trust between them to now give them a product where they can trust that brand and get the, what they want out of that product without the unintended side effects. Exactly. Because you know, most of the media nowadays... They find any little thing to kind of you know wrap their their hand around and, and try to ruin. And cannabis is one of those. And the biggest thing is people having bad experiences on cannabis. Absolutely. So you can control like edibles too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I still remember a story from about five years ago. I can't. I, it was like a time some some reporter from a major magazine like went out to Colorado and bought you know this is before we were much more strict about how things were dosed and bought what was the equivalent of a 100 milligram bar didn't realize that you don't eat the full yeah. bar 
took 10x, oh, right? And then, but then like wrote this scathing review about how like cannabis is terrible. And it's not cannabis, it's there was a lack of education, right? right? A lack of, yeah, on both parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like the three parts, right? The company should have been more clear, the bartender should have been clear, mm-hmm. and the consumer should ask, right? Absolutely. Like when you try something new, I typically want to know as much about it as I can so I can make an informed decision. Um, so I think, you know, it's, there's so many steps where communication can Absolutely. fall off right yeah. now. And I think that's still an issue. It is. We've learned that. I mean, we just went to California and I was noticing and still a lot of the product packaging, there's no potency information. There's no dosage information. Yeah. Um, and so you really see how far a regulated market comes and Colorado's done a good job, but it's all, yeah. you know, you work in the industry too. So we're constantly getting bulletins from, you know, the MAD saying, Update Constantly this. updating things. Yeah, we're just about to go through a huge packaging change all throughout the industry. Yeah, that starts um, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow oh, first. first. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's Sunday. tomorrow. Sunday, okay, I yeah. think so. Good old Sunday. Yeah. So it's a, it's like a work in progress of putting you know the education to use on product packaging so consumers are more aware. Yeah, and I fully support it too. Mm-hmm. I think that companies that complain about increased regulation are forward thinking. Um, I. It's this shouldn't be a cash grab, right? This should be a bit of an. I mean, it's admittedly a bit of an experiment. Colorado, like you said, bulletins are coming out all the time. We're constantly addressing new things, but that's exactly what needs to happen. Because I mean, at the end of the day, cannabis isn't like it's a safe drug, but it doesn't mean people can't have really bad experiences by overdoing it, right? Absolutely. So let's protect the consumer, and you know that's one of the things with listening. We try to make it as simple as possible. It's going to take a lot of work to have a bad experience with losing, right? right? And I mean, we name we try to name the moods as clearly as possible, so it's you you can take some of the guesswork out. There's already so much guesswork. First time you walk in, I mean, I came out here. I was already an avid cannabis user, and the first time I walked into a dispensary, I was still like, "What <laughs> am I? What I? There's so much. I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I thought I knew so much. I yeah. was already making like tinctures <laughs> and like already like I was, I was new. My friends in Nashville thought I was some weird, like, <laughs> magician or something, and I came out here and was like, "Oh, I don't know anything." That's what's cool. I mean, like the innovation in the industry is incredible. Um, I see that with what you guys are doing too. You know, it's now, and this is my thing. You know, me and you were talking before. We're both nerds. Um, science is a huge part of everybody's everyday life, whether they like it or not. Yes. Technology's here. Science is one hundred percent part of that. And so, seeing science applied to cannabis is like what makes my world go round. And it's incredible. And I think um, the more science we put into it, the better experience people are going to have. I totally agree. And so that's what I like that you guys are actually taking the time, whether you guys, I mean, being like an innovator, you're out in front of everybody. And so you get a lot of flack. There's a lot of days where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Oh, yeah. And so there's so much trust that has to go into the process to know that, okay, the industry is going to come here and we're going to be the first ones to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're taking, you know, we're dealing with our growing pains, essentially. There's, it's, it, actually, on that, on the note, it's very interesting. So we've launched in six states at this point. When we launch in a fresh state, the adoption rate is really quick. So like we launched in Maryland a couple months ago, maybe maybe up, up to three, and people are just, they, it's, I don't even notice if they get it or they don't get it, but they don't question it. They're like, oh, wait, what? This is like an option? I can just choose how I want to feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's interesting how quickly that like adoption has happened, right? People just immediately learn that this is now an option in cannabis. 
But like in Colorado, we're really struggling because there's a, in this sort of ingrained viewpoint of what cannabis is. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's been a huge focus on let's get the highest mm -hmm. DMC products. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I am loving to see this new live rosin push because at least like we think we're trying to preserve the plant yeah. and it's like fresh and awesome and blah, blah. I could say all sorts of great things about it. Um, but like at the end of the day, like most consumers, most blood tenders, most buyers, most dispensaries, like what yeah, it's yeah. been flower edibles now concentrate yeah. and this is it's completely against the mold totally and it goes back to the education issue right so there's education in colorado but i think there's a lot of education within a narrow range and i'd like to see that expand and it's hard to go against it's hard to expand when there's already this like kind of perception that we know a lot colorado is definitely one of the most advanced Absolutely. cannabis industries there are but it doesn't mean that it can't be more advanced. And it's just interesting how you just get something fresh to a new market and they're like, great. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you, how are you guys doing in California? Uh, so we are about two months in, we've launched just in San Diego and we were essentially, we're, we're picking up. So our, our opening day, our opening week and launch was 420. Perfect. Nice. Weekend. And we couldn't have asked for a better launch. We actually launched with this uh, dispensary called Urban Leaf. Uh, they, I mean, they, you can see the little bag in the back. They, you mm -hmm. know, they're, they're, they're a feel good drug, drug boutique, boutique. right? Go. It's like a perfect slogan, perfect. a match made in heaven for us. Um, so we're really close with them and, you know, we've been launching exclusively with them. Um, and it, it you know, the, the pickup has been happening, but what's interesting is there's a company, I don't want to plug our big, our big competitor, but there's a company called Dosist out in California oh, already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the, you know, that'd be. They're the equivalent of launching with a 510 battery here against Open, right? Like, yeah. it's a it's an uphill battle. Um, I will happily go toe to toe with their formulations. That's just me saying that. But mm -hmm. I will take my formulations over any of theirs any day. Um, but like, because it was medical a medical market for so long, and the dosis was so prevalent, it, there was no like confusion for them they're like oh okay i totally understand what this is like this is this there's another company called select that's doing something similar and it's just some like they're just like oh cool another one i like this it looks good i like these moods and they just like jumped right in right uh -huh. so it's uh it's interesting um interesting. that's a cool thing about the industry too is like i mean it sucks that it's not just federally legal right. and we can just do it everything normal but because it's so segmented yeah. it, everything is its own market there it's cool all to these... learn all the markets exactly they're yeah, different yeah. Too. It's they're crazy. all they're different. so different and like the need for education varies so different, much where yeah. people different are different perspectives varies. yeah and, and it's 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 all it's perfect for me right i constantly like jumping around figuring out this new potentially insurmountable problem that's like my jam i love doing <laughs> that stuff i actually meant to say that one of the i so i i uh, what's that? I did the foreshadowing concept of like, oh, I love how the brain is so unknown. Well, there is one of the reasons I love cannabis so much is because it's also so unknown. So now we're pairing these two sort of like great frontiers together of science, and now it just like, it's awesome. Just, I mean, just pick a place you want to go. It probably hasn't been explored, and just run with it and have fun. That's great. I mean, it's, it's cool, yeah, because that's. I mean, our background is it's Jesus Christ. We look different, but we have like the same path. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, you guys um, are like the same story. <laughs> yeah, like the like same literally, thing. like rejected pre med, like three years <laughs> in. <laughs> Went to study. I took, I don't so, know, yeah, took like, a psychology class. I don't even know what it was. It was, I think, it was behavior and neuroscience. Nice. Um, and started the connection, and so switched to neuroscience and actually studied uh, addiction 
because of my brother when it was an opioid addiction. Really? Yeah, and so it all kind of led them to neuroscience and studies and stuff like that. Um, but no, same thing. So then that's where when I was in college and got into neuroscience, same thing. You know, I'm always just like, I need a lot to like feed my brain. Um, and that's like a funny way to put it, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, it like needs like, food. What can I chew on? <laughs> yeah. It's like endless, you know, neuroscience was that. It was what they're calling now the final frontier. They're like, outer space, great. We're finally getting a handle on outer space, you know, um, getting a handle on quantum physics. Yeah. But they're like, consciousness? What the fuck is consciousness? Dude, <laughs> I know. It's just like... And it's like, we well, don't know but why it's we us. Sleep. Why? Right? Yeah, we right. Don't yeah. like know everything why we, sleep. everything we do every day is because we are conscious, yet we don't even understand we that. We don't understand consciousness. Yeah, we can understand all these it's things incredible. that are part of our consciousness. It's, 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 um, it's and so then it's funny that it all led to, to marijuana, but I think that is the beauty of it, too. And that's why I love doing this because um, you meet people who have the same passion and they found it within cannabis. And I think that's what's important for people out there that are still sitting around wondering, you know, what can I do? Um, is there any way I can be a part of it? And it's like, yes, absolutely. Um, whether you're an accountant, I don't know, or whether you're a botanist yeah, or anything you do, like you can create just your own like industry yeah. than any other. Every all the positions in any other industry has, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. or anybody, if there's anybody studying, I mean, anything out there, you know, that's getting their PhD. I mean, there's there's so many areas that still need to be explored in cannabis. That's like, if you show up, I'm pretty sure you can find a niche somewhere where you can, oh, for sure, you know, expand your foreground. So. Um, yeah. It's just like even we were just talking last night, the cannabis and fitness thing, and I'm like trying to look up like valid information to provide for people, and everything's just like, oh, we don't actually know. Oh, well, that was inconclusive. Well, we're not actually sure, and it's like there's nothing still. Like you know what I mean? Like you well, can I think make people general need to start like standing up to it people but... just don't know, but I feel like there is. Um, that's one of the biggest things I fight too when I because I go meet people and they're like, there's no research on it. I'm like bullshit. Yeah, I have a, literally. I was absurd. just packing my house this weekend and I have a filing cabinet full of papers and half of them I was like, maybe I should keep these and like take them around and have a notebook just, yeah, with all this stuff and it's all segmented of CBD with this or THC yeah. with this or PTSD and cannabinoids or um, Alzheimer's and cannabinoids or you know anything weight loss and cannabinoids. Um, it's like there's so much out there. It's just somebody needs to stand up to it and be like the the backbone of the education and say, okay, here it is, yeah. you know, I'll help you digest it, but, you know, stop shunning it, saying there's no information, because there is. Yeah. Oh, there's so, there's so much, and it's not even like, it's not, again, and there's so much focus on just THC, but people forget that there's so much more to so the plant, too, yeah. there's so much research on all that, too, right, like, uh, and, right, and things are just constantly coming out, like, literally today, I was waiting for you guys to show up, I was just like, <laughs> okay, just in case they want to, like, dive down into some stuff. I want to make sure that I'm not Already? like altering yeah. things, you know, like, um, 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 um. So, and, and I was looking at things and I, I kind of, and I'm hoping you guys ask it or maybe we'll just talk about it later. But like, I was like, okay, what if they ask me what my favorite terpene is? Like, and I know what it is, but why? And I was like, okay, I just want to make sure I remember this mechanism. Right. I'm like, so like beta care alpha. Yep. So what's is, your favorite terpene? It's easily beta carotene. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because it's, it's a phytocannabinoid, right? So it actually binds to CB2. Do you want to explain what a phytocannabinoid is? Really oh, yeah. Like? So it's a cannabinoid. During, should I also describe what a cannabinoid is? So can, yeah. oh, well, let's do People two don't steps. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do two steps. So like you have cannabinoid, which is essentially a compound that can be found in cannabis that will bind into the endocannabinoid system. Now, the endocannabinoid system is... Um, essentially sort of a regulatory system that is ubiquitous throughout your body. So it, it, it extends through the majority of the systems in your body already. Um, and it works in a really interesting, unique way that I don't necessarily think it's worth getting into. But what's cool is, like I said, it's, it's regulatory. So it's not just 
this system that's in place so you can get high. Yeah, exactly. Right? It does all these things. And there's essentially these two different receptors, so CB1 and CB2, so endocannabinoid receptor 1 and endocannabinoid receptor 2 that we know of right now. Um, and what's interesting is, so you have this terpene called beta-carotene. It's not CBD. It's not THC. It's not an endogenous cannabinoid like anandamide or 2-AG, which was discovered by the great Raphael Meshulam. But it's a terpene. It can be found in black pepper. It can be found in allspice. It's all over rosemary, I think, like all over the place. And like literally, I, I just studied from 2012. Like, how did I not already have this paper? But I just discovered it quickly that they found this really interesting. You know, back to addiction. They actually did a study showing that um, beta not beta carotene specifically, but a compound that that works in the exact same way that beta carotene does also binds to CB2. They essentially buy, if you ingest beta-carotene, so rats that were given beta-carotene, or I should say a CB2 binding compound, um, they essentially had, they did less work to use cocaine. That's the simplest way to put it, right? You'll have these like rat studies, you give them, they have to do some tasks, typically pulling a lever, they pull a lever a bunch of times so they can get a little dose of cocaine. How much they pull that lever is a sign of how addicted or dependent they are, because it's work to receive that. So if they're not that interested, they'll like pull up ones and oh, I didn't get it, forget it, I'm gonna go eat. Right? But if they're this is my you this know, is like shit. cocaine, it's like, yeah, this is my shit. <laughs> like that's their dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're doing. And essentially by like adding something like beta carotene, you know, CB2 agonist, um, it showed that the rats did a lot less work. And then what's even more interesting is that then, so rather than just having them ingest it to where it just like spreads throughout the body and can hit all these different targets, they then directly inject it into this area of the brain, which is incidentally uh, top three favorite area of the brain, okay. called the nucleus accumbens. And that is just like primary sort of like hub for the addiction pathway. So by injecting something similar to beta carotene into the brain, into that one specific area that has been regularly shown to be part of the addiction pathway, they see this decrease in work and drive for cocaine. So like already we're talking about a terpene that can be found in all sorts of other things, but you know, it's lumped into cannabis because now cannabis is a hot topic, having these profound effects on things like addiction, right? And it, you know, it, first of all, it goes back to where I started with, you know, we don't really know anything <laughs> and you know the the the, 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 the cannabis flower just has all these different compounds and there's all these different avenues you can take because of them but right we're just still learning these little these these things like people or individuals are still learning it like mm -hmm. science as a whole is still learning all these things and I think it's cannabis as itself is going to lead to some very interesting changes in the way medicine Absolutely. works Absolutely. and yeah. yeah and as those changes happen that education will be disseminated mm -hmm. and people can start using it in really you know beneficial ways where they have more control over it Absolutely. um so, um, was, so we we talked before too you know you went to the first year of icr and you're kind of turned off because it was a little more social focused and yeah the icr I think it's fine yeah, it's, it's totally fine right. yeah and yeah. It's, it's what's needed i think to bring people like interest, you know, and get through the ring going, okay, how's, how do these, you know, things impact my direct life? And you do that through social studies. Yeah. Um, so this year, you know, we talked about it, and I'm mentioning ICR, it's the Institute of Cannabis Research at CSU Pueblo. Um, so this year is more medical focus. There's more of like, you know, medical professionals there, people interested, doctors, nurses, um, things like that, um, pharmacists, because they're interested in the compound for education. 
And what it did was dig out a lot of the research already done. Um, so one of the speakers there, I forgot his name, his whole thing at the very end was uh, on how pharmaceutical industry is almost, he wouldn't come out and say it, of course, because we're not to that point yet. But he, I mean, it was pretty, the writing was on the wall that the pharmaceutical industry for the past 40 to 60 years has actually probably been taking a step in the left when we should have been going right. And that is through single target effect drugs, where yes. they isolate a compound and it's, you know, it's one drug yeah. and it acts on your body. The difference with cannabis is that it's a multi-compound targeted effect. And that, they say, and that alone is going to change the pharmaceutical industry, how your medicine is taken in the future greatly. And it's just now starting because yeah. of your THC, CBD. I mean, right now, you guys' pen right there, that is a multi-targeted effect for medicinal, which is unheard of in the, in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. But that is the future of medicine, in my opinion. I totally agree. Like, we were chatting right before the, the mic came on, and we were, you know, I, I was likening that, that uh, the, the farmer approach, essentially, like the, the sledgehammer approach, mm -hmm. right? Like, you just flood opioid receptors. We find, we found that it helped with pain, so you give them a strong opiate, and pain seems to go away, but, right, we're, it's, it's a sledgehammer approach, right? Whereas, you know, you could use more finesse and hit a few different targets throughout the pain pathway, and have a similar effect without completely like bludgeoning the neoquid receptor over the head, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's very interesting. And, and yeah, and we're also you know I was speaking to some um, like orthopedic surgeons that were they you know they essentially clued me in that that is this emerging treatment too. They are starting to use these sort of multi-target like you know acute pain treatment uh, regimens for post-op surgery patients as well. So it's great to see the, these changes happening. For at, like absolutely. absolutely, it's super necessary. Yeah, it's like a whole cultural shift yeah. through a lot of different areas. Yeah, and Have I think seen, that's okay. I think that's why we're seeing such a, a turnoff to it. Because I mean, you have you literally have so many like facades and like walls being broken from cannabis, and people don't even realize what's happening yet. They see it as you know, oh, I can legally go buy cannabis now. Great, I can get high. But there's like the the legalities of it. There's this massive war on drugs that just got basically halted. Yeah. It was like, no, we're not doing that no more. Here's yeah. what we're doing. It was a failure. You yeah. have this massive... It's the gateway drug for the war on drugs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, it's, now it's the exit drug. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you have the, the medicinal aspect of it. This is going to totally change medicine for the better for the future. Yeah. You have the social aspect of it and the cultural aspect. This is going to change how people think now because we've been living a lie for so many years now. We've been told the wrong thing, especially millennials and stuff coming into it. We all went through the D.A.R.E. program and got hammered on our heads how drugs are bad. Oh my god, that's when I learned about drugs. And I was like, these are cool. These are cool. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah. I started studying pharmacology. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> all these drugs that are banned are actually probably some of the ones we probably need. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And all these ones my favorite lie from D.A.R.E. was that if you do like a drug once, you can be addicted for life. Like, that's not how addiction works. You lose all of your, you lose all of your <laughs> Well, it's cool. So let's talk about addiction too. So happily, I'm really into addiction. And one thing that I hate about the, the old cronies and it like it hates almost you know it's a strong word but it really does it's like deep down in my body it makes me upset when they say that oh addiction's a hole in your soul and that's how they were taught throughout the 50s and 60s because oh, they don't understand neuroscience in the brain and this yeah. literally is like the biggest thing to me they're like oh well just tell them to stop being addicted yeah. you know it's not that hard it's a character flaw oh yeah they must have been spanked too hard as a child i'm like no there's literally physical changes in your brain 
exactly to cause these things and so all right so and that that notion is like it, it's 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 still happening right now yeah and then it so what it, what it, what happens so you have your you know six-year-old the seven-year-old grandma that basically like went to her doctor who she implicitly trusts because he's the smart right. doctor and like you know the, the doctor prescribes the, this individual opiates because she or he is dealing with pain for a while you know it doesn't necessarily say that it's generally bad to take opiates or benzodiazepines for that matter for more than I think it's like a 21 day window um, but she wasn't told this so she's just doing what she's supposed to I think the even better example is taking Ambien every day because she can't sleep and all she did was listen to doctor's orders and now what you have is like the government basically legislating prescription practices for opiates so these individuals who are now addicted to opiates just simply because their doctor the prescribed it to them not because they have a character flaw, not that that's part of addiction anyways, but it doesn't matter because that's how people are viewing it. Now they're like having their medication cut out from under them rather than some sort of education or like a, you know, a, a, a what is it, a, a program that helps them decrease their dose over time. No, it's just like, a, oh, well, we need to make some action, some legislative action. So now we're just going to say you can't prescribe opiates, right? Like. Right. Cut them off. Right. So that's not and yeah. And yeah. now you're seeing this massive influx in heroin use. Yeah, yeah you're like, why is it Yeah, too. why is there all this glottic from China and why is there heroin coming from Mexico? And it's like I wonder why. Yeah, and exactly. you created this. And it, it's I mean I mean it breaks my heart. Like literally when I the first uh the first move that I created was the relief pad for pain. And I brought people in and you know, I had some some people tell me like after the whole study they've been using it, they're like, you know, this this like this formula has it, it helps me so much that I feel for the first time I can actually go to my physician and ask my physician to start decreasing my opiate dose and I've not and I haven't been able to feel that way for a decade so thank you and then I had the same thing happen with calm and benzodiazepines right and sleep in benzodiazepines right like you're starting to see this and it's like right like yeah, it's really cool that we're making a cannabis product that people love and can enjoy, but like the, it's those little small things that keep people, exactly. that at least like keep myself and right. you know the, our core team like going, right? Exactly. Like that's those that are the really testimonials that we want to read. Those are what matter. They don't they're not paying the bills, but yeah. they are absolutely like keeping us motivated. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Well, I think it's huge to keep in mind for any company that's out there, um, especially for you guys that. There's a stat that floats around that I think it's something between like 55% of the consumers in the adult use market are consuming for medicinal purposes. Oh, wow. And you have the medicinal market too. So you got to realize that, that there's a huge majority that is consuming cannabis for the medicinal purposes. And so no matter what, you know, the party stuff, the, the social use, people are still using it in medicinal ways. So we have to make sure to give the products to where yeah. they can get, you know, their intended targeted effects out of it. So did you have a similar experience? Like I would imagine that a lot of people tried cannabis for the fun aspect, but people transitioned to more regular totally. use because of a positive. Totally. Like I don't know if you guys yeah, do I personally started using cannabis regularly for sleep. It exactly. helped me a lot. Thing, yeah. And it like and as a byproduct, I started in undergrad. I was 18, 19, first time away from home, I was drinking a lot. Yeah. What else do you do in undergrad, yeah. right? I started Using cannabis regularly helped me go to sleep at, you know, rather than drinking until 2 a.m. I was going to bed at like 10.30, waking up feeling refreshed, yeah. no hangover. And it was like such a dramatic improvement for my life to switch over from a legal, not technically legal because I was underage, but yeah. a legal and advertised on TV every two second compound 
to this apparently like world ending cannabis right like weed thing that everyone's <laughs> terrified of right and it like had these dramatic improvements and then i like had my friends try it for the same reason and before i knew it like i had a couple friends that were taking like one hit of mm. cannabis to go to sleep yeah. right and it was just like this accidental yeah. medicinal use even at age 18 and 19 when we're all doing really dumb shit yeah like you know 19 year old males with yep. underdeveloped prefrontal cortices <laughs> tend to view, like, but still, like, we're all actively like, oh, here's this little piece of help. Yeah. Right? This little thing that's improving our lives. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's where, I mean, I kind of I got into it a lot um, around 2014. And the biggest reason I was is because I was finally, after so many years of struggling through it, I finally was like, this is enough, enough. So I went to a doctor, got diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and I knew that I had it my whole life. It's just like you struggle through it. You get through it. And I had seen, I had a cousin of mine that was on Ritalin his whole life. And I thought, I don't want to do that. But it finally got to the point where I'm like, it's unmanageable. Like something has to get done. So I went to the doctor. Here I am. Jesus was well, like 22 or something. They prescribed me. I don't even know what the very first drug they put me on. I was on it for two weeks. Literally totally changed. I could feel my brain chemistry change. I was a totally different person. Bivance drug? Oh, no, it wasn't Bivance. No, it's, it's a yeah, totally new one. two weeks for you to yeah and it was <laughs> terrible like my mood totally changed i was calling my mom it was just it was so bad i finally went to the doctor and i was like i'm done not doing it um did my own research they ended up putting me on a combo with some other drugs the adderall was one um and then even taking adderall for a while i started realizing this is my long-term solution this no. cannot be how i feel naturally because i'm not myself yeah and then after you know reading forums and talking to people reading all the literature out there Everybody was the same way. They knew when they were taking drugs for ADHD or anything like that, for anxiety, depression, um, maybe like benzodiazepines, it changes your brain chemistry. Oh, It changes sure. you. You're a different person. Like, what kind of life is that? And so I immediately started titrating myself off Adderall and all these medications because I thought, I don't want to change myself to where I have to depend on these medications. And that's terrible. You go to a doctor, get help, right. and their only option changing. is to give you this like really shitty pharmaceutical that's going to screw up your body for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you keep taking it, you're going to change and hardwire your brain to be stuck. <laughs> yep. So that led to me studying, got into, obviously, for other reasons, started studying addiction, found cannabis. Um, the first lab I studied in cannabis, we were studying actually neurogenesis. And um, I started learning, oh, awesome. yes, comparing psychology and understanding neurological disorders and um, studying uh, cognitive brain um, therapy and like rewiring your brain to correct yourself. What well, model were you using with neurogenesis? Sorry, I know that we should be talking more upper level, but this is really interesting to me. We're using humans, rats, humans, we're using rodents. Rats, yeah. Yeah. People hippocampal. Very, very hippocampal. Like, yeah. uh, what was this? Uh, SVG or DG? Uh, like, superventricular gyrus or dentate gyrus? Like, we use dentate. Dentate? Yeah, and we're using um, electroencephalology okay. to study it. So. Cool. I um, literally probably read one of the papers that came out of your lab then. Because that was like some of the earlier neurogenesis work for sure. Yeah, so we um, did two parts. We first started, so electrophysiology, just so people understand, is basically using like electric impulses to study the physiology or physical component of the brain. And so we would put, you know, so we'd have a, a brain of a rat, we would make slices of it so we can identify certain parts of the brain. We would put targeted compounds or drugs into a mixture of cerebral spinal fluid and put this brain slice in there. So the brain slice, its tissue is essentially living. And then okay, we would so use fresh. fresh yeah. We'd make our own cerebral spinal yeah. fluid. Yeah. And then we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The whole. It's not a fun thing. No. I, I, I did right. And then we would use electrical impulses to study like receptor openings. And then that's how you understand 
oh, you know, THC or whatever activates CB1. That's how you study that stuff. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, through all of that, I started realizing and used, uh, long story short, ended up using cannabis to help rewire my brain. Yeah. Now, people forget when you use cannabis or any drug for that matter, you got to keep in mind, you can't just take the drug and you're like, you're fixed. You have to put yeah. in the work yourself. You have to, yes. it like, basically it's yes. like, it like unlocks the door for you to go inside and like clean the house. Um, and that's the main <laughs> thing. You have to get inside. You have to unlock the brain, but it's still up to you. You have to still go in the house and clean the house and get it all fixed right and then leave it and still it takes work. I, I love hearing this. See, like that's a, that's been like a, a you know primary like tenant pillar, whatever you whatever you want to say about the you know while I've been developing this product line, right? And like we talk about this in our meetings all the time that we don't want our product or cannabis as a whole, and we don't want to push the notion that like just smoking weed or yeah. our product or whatever it is just fixes everything. It just helps you get to the next step. It helps you take the take more control, right? Mm -hmm. So like. You know, I think uh, a good example is like uh, the calm pen, right? It's sure it 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 will help cut out the anxiety in that moment, but like that's not much different than just taking a benzo, right? Mm -hmm. Or like or drinking a beer, right? Like that'll cut out. But if you don't get yeah. to the underlying mechanism, yeah. but you know, how do you really start addressing anxiety? First, you need to be able to cut out some of the emotionality behind it, right? Identify what the thing is, what the trigger is, and like you know, take it from this weird floating emotional thing and like take it out, put it on the table and be like, this is what it is. How do I address this? And you can do that better when you are more, I, I'm not, I really wish I could think of a different word right now, but when you are more calm, <laughs> right, you could do, you can do that better. You can address things in a much more logical mm -hmm. way, right? The same thing with like relief, uh, a major aspect with people taking opiates is yeah it helps with the pain but then it makes them lethargic so then they don't go and do their physical therapy exercises mm -hmm. they, they become immobile and really one of the best ways to feel better from a musculoskeletal standpoint is exercise to some capacity and if you're tired and groggy and just don't feel like doing it you have a negative affect like well you're not going to make yourself than, better and what's worse than that is what i noticed a lot of people with medications is so it makes them lethargic great um, what does that lead to? So you're talking about exercise and wellness, stuff like that. Well, that leads to obesity. Obesity leads to depression. Wow. So there's all these downstream effects from just that stuff, like even just lethargy, that leads to so many other effects down the road that can all be compounded if you understand yeah. how to use your medication. For sure. So you mentioned, so you brought it up. You brought up obesity <laughs> and depression. That, so like, like I said, my primary dissertation was looking at obesity and inflammation. Um, and that being said, it's interesting. So inflammation, I don't know how big of a hot topic it is right now, but at least in the science world, it's huge. So like right? to me, I look it's at everything. I used to joke saying inflammation is the root of literally all evil. And it's becoming, that's be, turning out to be a So when you, under, when you understand though, the brain right? like you do, you yeah. start realizing that inflammation is such a big part of the brain down that to, it down so many other things that it's yeah. like, really anytime somebody's trying to treat something, they should immediately be looking as their inflammation anyway. Yes. And that leads me to a, a comment that, you know, if I had my choice, which I mean, it, that is, this is clearly what happen, is what's happening, but CBD is the comp, it's the cannabinoid that's most important in my opinion. Like, but I choose between CBD and THC to be legal right now and everyone become educated on it. It'd be CBD, no, hands out, no, no question about it. The anti-inflammation is, is a major component. Now keep in mind, there's much more to anti-inflammation like changing your diet, exercising, Right, uh, it's just your inflammation is a stress response as well, like a, a mental stress. There's all sorts of things that contribute to it, but you know, 
you should also bring in th bring things into your life that help reduce it. And I think CBD is one of these really good things that people can take in like a tincture form. They're not going to have, uh, they can take it in a tincture form. They're not going to have like serious issues during the day. It's not going to impede their ability to function. They can take a really small dose and dramatically help with inflammation. Like this, it's, it's slightly, I mean, this is an anecdotal report. It's always backed up by science, but like take my mother, for instance, she had, uh, you know, she had a few surgeries, had a few car accidents, has been struggling with pain, never want to do the opiates. And essentially what I said, it's like, Hey, I know you're, I know you're afraid of weed. Like it's still not a thing for you. That's cool. But just try the CBD tincture. Right. And I swear like in the last three months, she has like reordered it. She has asked me to send it to her friend. Awesome. She had just been telling everyone, and it's all positive reports. She's like, yeah. She, you know, she she even got it for her. She has a little Yorkie. Yeah, Yorkies are like little, yeah. little crazy yeah. creatures, right? They're yeah. scared of everything. <laughs> and like that dog is peach keen now That's because awesome. he gets a little CBD treats, and yeah. it's amazing, and it's like happy and fine, yeah. and like I don't know. I, I everyone you know, should be taking CBD. Exactly. Sure. I think my 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 biggest take home is like I I love loose new products. I love THC. I love all the things in cannabis, but we can at least ever make this collective push to acknowledge that CBD should be fully legalized. It has, at least from a from a dissociation standpoint, no one's getting high from it really. Like, push it. it it's it's at least the first step. I think I think that's the gateway drug to cannabis. Honestly, is CBD. People realize like, oh wait, this came from cannabis and it does all these positive things and none of these negatives. Like, yeah. huh? I'll dip my toe in this. Yeah. I'll dip my toe in this. I'm like, yeah. There's a lot of avenues, I think, that are going to come from CBD. For sure. So. And we'll find some issues that come from it, too. Like, binding to serotonin 1A, probably not great for people who are taking SSRIs. Yeah, right? Jesus oh, <laughs> Christ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to think about things like that. But Well, this was amazing. Yeah, Thank you really so fun. much, Tristan. You are We're gonna have very to educated and amazing. Yeah. Dictionary. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to put a bunch of asterisks at the it's end of this. Jargon, you did such a bad job. We'll follow up with another Canvas 101 after. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about jumping bunch of fizz was hilarious. <laughs> That might be the nerdiest like technique that I can think of off the top of my head. It is. I couldn't pick it up. I I tried. But I just I didn't have it. I could never find. It's I could crazy. never puncture the cell without killing it. Essentially, I was like, if I could find the damn thing for like. <laughs> I got my very first one, which was interesting, and this is way off topic. Sorry, guys, but you gotta be done. Nailed my first one <laughs> on the spot, which never happens. Really? And, like seeing, like, because it also is like on the screen. You like look for a little sign, and you like you work for like a sine wave and, and a dip and all that. And nailed it, and I was like looking at it for I was like, is that it? And the professor was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> Right, it took on. me two years to do this, <laughs> and you did it in your first one. But, uh, all right, with that, we'll, yeah, with that. <laughs> we'll cut it. Well, I appreciate having you. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. You know, really I appreciate fun. everything you've done. And, and uh, so, how can people? Me. You know, how can people find you if they want to know more about your products or reach out to you personally? Oh yeah. Um, so lucidmood.net is our website. You want to reach out to me personally? Tw at lucidmood.net is my email. Um, I have a Twitter, but I can't remember the handle. I don't really check it. I'm really bad at social media, so like old school methods, right? Like <laughs> email, smoke signals, things like that. You can send a telegram letter. Perfect. Um, but yeah. Follow Lucid uh, Mood on Instagram for sure. Oh yeah, Lucid Mood on Instagram. Yeah. You won't find me, but you'll find really colorful, pretty photos because awesome. that's what Instagram's all about. Yeah. So. <laughs>
Well, with that said, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate you talking to us. This is a very informative episode for sure. Oh, super awesome. Yeah. You're going to a super nerdy one, too. We'll have another nerd out. You're going to put people to sleep. (laughs) I knew you guys were going to love it. I knew it was going to be perfect. So, what you should do is if you you made it this far, congrats. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations (laughs) for another one. Email us. If you're listening, email us. We'll send you some Lucid Mood goodies or something (laughs) like that. We'll look you guys up because we appreciate it. uh, We'll wrap it up here. All right. I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.